Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The morning after. The quarterback of the Patriots is Stephon Gilmore test positive. How much do you know about the situation currently with the Patriots? Yesterday, it was reported that one player who's on the practice squad was put on the COVID list. And then this morning, obviously, the news was Stephon Gilmore. So day, Craig Mish, Joe Tizapia, with the latest in, in fantasy so sports wagering and getting monitor. you caught up on the news that is happening sports in sports Network. right now. Of course, it was another fun weekend of sports, no doubt about that. We'll get all to it. We've got a new NBA champion in 2020. The uh, NBA season took about a year to get over. Of course, a lot of news to go over in the NFL as well. Major League Baseball's in the League Championship Series, and the Rays have an early lead in this one. We're going to have another game coming up in a few hours. So we'll get to it all, Joe, on the show on this Monday. How was your weekend? Uh, weekend was pretty good. Uh, certainly some fun college football games actually going on, too. Some real barn burner overtimes, a record-setting one. And, uh, of course, uh, a really tough Sunday for Cowboys fans, as we all know. That was really tough injury to watch. I was actually just sitting down to the dinner table. We had the game on the background when that injury happened, and I and I sort of lost my appetite. It was just terrible to see, and just, you know, we hope that a speedy recovery for Mr. Prescott. And it's more bad news in Major League Baseball. But look, we're going to try to focus on the positives because the positives were there were some fun upsets of the NFL yesterday and a lot of great fantasy performances. So we're going to get to all of those. It's going to be a busy two hours, no doubt about it. Yeah, for sure. Also, condolences to the uh, the family of Joe Morgan, Hall of Famer and broadcaster for many years with ESPN, has passed away. Uh, arguably, if not the best second baseman of all time, he's certainly up there uh, in terms of yes. what he accomplished. It's been a very tough year for Hall of Famers in baseball. We'll talk more about Joe coming up in the second hour of the show as well. There's a lot of baseball news to get to. Let's see if we can do it all here and continue throughout the show before we get into some of our game capsules and talk about who did what in fantasy football yesterday. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers win their 17th NBA championship. The Heat extended this thing to six games, but last night's game was was not particularly close. It was more or less over at halftime. LeBron James ends up winning the title. We'll see if Anthony Davis returns to them. I don't see why he wouldn't, but look, you never know. It's the NBA. It's sports. Either way, another title for LeBron James. As Joe alluded to, tough injury for Dak Prescott for sure. Andy Dalton's the new quarterback in Dallas for the rest of the season. We'll talk about those fantasy ramifications as well. Clearly, there's a lot to go around in Dallas. The biggest upset of the NFL season, without a doubt, is the Raiders going to Kansas City as nearly a uh, two-touchdown underdog and winning the game outright and played very well in the end as well. 
Uh, Alex Smith got in the game for the first time in two years. That was a really good story yesterday for the Washington football team. Their only good story this year, but a good one nonetheless. The Saints have decided to suspend Michael Thomas for Monday Night Football for conduct detrimental to the team. Falcons uh, decided to part ways with not only their head coach in Dan Quinn, but also their general manager as well. The Rays, thanks to their strong bullpen, end up taking game one of the American League Championship Series. And, of course, Oklahoma finds their way back into the national championship picture with a very big win in the Red River shootout over Texas on Saturday. So that's a lot, Joe, but it's it's good to have it all here in sports. So which one would you like to start with here? Well, look, we're going to talk a lot more about these games, so let's talk about some of the peripherals around them. So uh, let's talk about the Dan Quinn firing and Dimitrov uh, firing because this is now not one but two head coach and GM now a pairing, just kind of like Bill O'Brien, that are now getting moved on from in season. Something we don't see all that often, and I know we were both kind of skeptical going into this year if teams struggled if in this COVID era we were going to see changes at head coach because of all the logistics of things going on. Is that something you really want to do with the organization? But apparently that seems to be on the table and apparently no coach is safe here in the NFL. And uh, look, Dan Quinn saved his job last year with an incredible second half. I think uh, this was just something that Arthur Blank could no longer just say no to. I mean, you have to make a change here. You have to make a move. They had a good run. They did get to the Super Bowl. That's something they should be very proud of. But I think at the same time, Craig, uh, you look at the accountability over the last season and a half, it's been really bad for the Falcons. And and most importantly, they haven't been able to address their shortcomings, the problems on defense. I and mean, you're a defensive-minded coach like Dan Quinn, and this is why you were brought in the first place. Your defense continues to fail time and time again. I feel like Arthur Blank had no choice here but to make this move. Craig, what did you think about it? It's certainly not surprising, but I feel like it was time for them to move on, and we'll see how they respond next week. Yeah, I'm surprised that any coaches fired in season a few weeks ago. It just appeared that no matter how bad teams were, I thought that they were going to ride this out until the end. But the NFL is a copycat league, and maybe one coach being fired made it easier to fire another. It's the only thing that I can think of here. But uh, certainly Quinn is very well-liked around the league, in the media, and also among other teams. But he just wasn't winning, and, and he wasn't winning now for two years. And he is absolutely going to be a defensive coordinator in the NFL again next year. It just uh, it just wasn't working out in Atlanta. And uh, in terms of Dimitrov, I mean, the rosters haven't been terrible, but their defense hasn't been good. That's true. And and some of the moves definitely questionable in terms of, of what they have done. Uh, and, and now I think the bigger question for them is do they tear it all down? And I think that that's something that has to be on the table for them going into next year. It's crazy to think Matt Ryan may not be their quarterback. Who knows if Julio Jones will be there? A lot of guys on one-year deals on that team. So maybe it is time to move on from that as well. Uh, also, to me, the Tampa Bay Rays continue to do and be who exactly who they are. Another very, I, I think, succinct win yesterday where they don't overwhelm you, but they just find ways to win and get it done. And uh, they basically only need four or five innings from a starting pitcher because their bullpen is the best. I mean, their bullpen mm -hmm. remains the best in baseball. It's guys you've never heard of coming in with guys on, getting two strikeouts, starting off the inning, getting two strikeouts. None of them are household names, but they find a way. And I would say that, look, today is a very big day for the Astros, for sure. And the Astros easily could win today. But if they don't, the idea of them coming back and winning four straight games or four out of five just seems uh, it seems pretty unrealistic. So we'll see. Uh, NL starts tonight as well. We'll talk about that. But our fantasy standouts are coming up next. Watching fantasy sports today on Sports Grid. 
Craig and Joe are back with you in just two minutes. Who were the best on the field yesterday? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn-up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Hope you had a good weekend. We're back here on this Monday recapping a lot of the show, what happened in the NFL from a fantasy perspective. Of course, we do have a game scheduled for tonight. There was one game postponed from tonight, which was postponed from earlier this week. We're still trying to sort out everything. And as of now, there will be a game tomorrow night between Buffalo and Tennessee. We're still going to need another day of negative testing to make sure that that game can be played. But uh, Tuesday night football. Here we go. This is this could be the first time all year that we get this, and it probably won't be the last. But before we go forward, let's go back and take a look at our fantasy standouts from Sunday, the 11th of October, 2020. And we'll start at the quarterback position, and we did not have a quarterback throw for 500 or even 400 yards this week. Feels like that's the first time in a year. Deshaun Watson, 25 for 35, 359 passing yards couple of uh, touchdown passes, three in all, and also through two interceptions in that game. Uh, Kyler Murray, uh, I mean, he was okay. I, I saw this game, too, and, and you know, his, his numbers stacked up in the end. They just had a problem running the ball for the most part, and it was the Jets, too. I don't know if it even counts. 380 passing yards, 31 <laughs> rushing yards, two touchdowns, and interception for him. Todd Gurley makes the list for first time in a year. 14 carries, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Had a nice, long, rushing touchdown for him and also caught four balls out of the backfield. So a great game for Todd Gurley. Go figure that one. Josh Jacobs, 23 carries, 77 yards, also scored a couple times, caught a couple of balls out of the backfield and continues to be moving up the charts in terms of his where he was drafted in his ADP. A lot of guys are hurt. Jacobs has not been, or at least for the most part, has not been and has looked really good as well. Uh, coming out party for Chase Claypool yesterday was basically uncoverable by the Eagles. They just could not figure out how to stop him. He scored four touchdowns, one rushing, three receiving yesterday, on the outside, on the inside, everywhere, all over the field, was targeted very often, and moving forward, will definitely be somebody to start in fantasy, no doubt. And then DeAndre Hopkins, Joe, six receptions, 131 receiving yards, and a touchdown. And if there is someone that I left off here, and again, some of the stuff that we do throughout the day yesterday, it just will force us into a position to leave guys off. But I do want to mention 
that DK, DK Metcalf was just incredible mm-hmm. yesterday. That's, that's where I was going. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, he was, he was I mean, just, he's the number two wide receiver in fantasy right now, Craig. I don't I don't think there's yeah, any one that could really yeah. argue about that. And uh, he was this year's Black Book darling for sure. Him and uh, Calvin Ridley, those were the two guys. You always try to focus on guys. And, you know, we've talked about this at length in the, you know, draft time shows going through in August into September. You know, it's about trying to find those guys who are ready to make the next leap. And everything that you saw last year, all the deeper stats on DK Metcalf, they were all kind of showing you that this was going to happen. And it has. And it's happened in a big way. And it's happening in big spots. And it's it's winning them games. And it's why Russell Wilson, I said it last week, is in that MVP conversation, in that MVP lead. Because the difference between last year, Russell Wilson, and this year is DK Metcalf catching those balls that are going his way. He's had those opportunities. He had them last year. He's one of the top guys in the red zone. He wasn't able to hold on to the ball enough. This year, that has not been the problem. And Chase Claypool, what a game for him. Oh, my goodness. Fun fact, I, I know you like this. We're going to do some trivia on this tomorrow, so keep in mind. But Chase Claypool was one of these guys I don't think anybody saw coming. He's benefited a great deal from Deontay Johnson uh, getting hurt here twice in two weeks. So the last two weeks he should play, I should say, because he had that concussion and then left this other game with a back issue. So all of a sudden, Chase Claypool really getting more opportunities in this offense, and he is absolutely glowing with them. There's no doubt about that. So, I mean, this was a really great day for those guys. And look, a good day for the Cardinals to get back on track. I know you mentioned, you know, they had some troubles running the football. Chase Edmonds was good in this game, though. We talked about him starting to emerge in that PPR flex conversation. I think yesterday, hopefully, is the beginning of that. But look, Hopkins, Kyler Murray needed to get back on track. That duo showed up. They did enough to get the W. Yes, it's only the Jets, but still a very good day for them. But Chase Claypool, oh, I wish it helped more people. That's the only thing. I mean, how many people had him? And I don't know if you realize this because I know you have your big five bucks in, but on FanDuel, on Fantrax, all over the place, live scoring was dead yesterday because of all of the changes and things going on. There were problems with the stat services. They were funneling in stats. So you couldn't check your live scoring on a lot of sites, on DFS or on season long. It felt like week five broke fantasy with so many changes, so many things that were going on, Craig. It was a very strange day for sure. Yeah, and I, and I did inquire more uh, this morning uh, with the powers that be here at SportsGrid in terms of that. And FanDuel did release several statements on, on how they're going to handle the contest from yesterday. And if you go uh, on social media to Twitter and you follow FanDuel, you can see all the statements that they have made regarding all of the contest this week, which would include some bonuses moving forward. And so I am involved in a couple of contests. Obviously, I don't know if I won or lost. Uh, the nature of, of that certainly is is going to be out there. But if you go on the social media site, you can see the statements that they've made regarding yesterday's contest. Yes. Okay. Over to the American League Championship Series. The game from last night, it was Randy Rosarina homering yet again. Another home run, another run scored. Mike Zanino had a big hit for them and a good defensive play as well. Blake Snell, five innings pitch, two strikeouts, six hits, two walks, uh, an earned run. Jose Altuve opened up the game with a home run, but that was it. And then Framber Valdez was okay, got a little trouble with some walks. But overall, I think that the Astros will certainly take that start from Valdez. But there's no doubt that at this point, Joe, the names that you don't see on there, no surprise, were the bullpen. And we'll hear from Mm -hmm. Kevin Cash coming up a little bit later on the show from those guys in their bullpen. And they're wearing shirts now that say 98. All their relievers throw 98 miles an hour. They get guys out. No one's ever heard of them. And I think part of it, too, is that we have a lot of awareness for fantasy and and the Rays are just not a great fantasy team to own. You have Nick Anderson sometimes coming in the game in the second inning, in the third inning, and then sometimes comes in the game in the ninth. So 
it's great for baseball, it's great for the Rays, and great for winning, but because they don't have a lot of fantasy awareness, it's really hard to trust what they're going to do on a daily basis. No, it, it is. And the Rays, uh, we know we've been saying this for years, the Rays are not a great fantasy source because they are the absolute epitome of hyper-focused, hyper-specialization in baseball. They are you know, what a lot of traditionalists are saying, ruining baseball with the openers and all the other things that they do. And and it's very tough. It's it's tough, not just in season-long fantasy, but in the FanDuel world as well, to get invested in the Rays and the Rays pitchers and things like that because of how different they act as an organization. But this was the whole thing coming into this year of why the Rays had a real shot because this is a hyper-focused, very strange, finite number of games here where they could really kind of impose their will, basically, on a 60-game season and then kind of take it into the playoffs. And and things have broken their way, too. Let's not forget that they have, because the the absolute destruction of the Red Sox broke their way. I think right now they're looking at an Astros team that was out Justin Verlander with Zach Greinke hurt. I mean, things are breaking their way, so it has to be a combination of all of those things for the Rays to be successful. And so far, Craig, they are getting all the combination of those things, and I think that is a big reason why you've seen them have such success. And uh, I would not shock me if the Rays continue to have this kind of success. And we all know copycat leagues, right? So more teams are going to start looking at this, start to you know figure things out. It's great that Rosarena has been hot because that's the one thing this lineup has always lacked. And I don't know if you can count on it going forward into 2021, but it's certainly taken that lineup to another level, a level that it hasn't had because. Really, I'm trying to think, outside of Evan Longoria, maybe Carlos Pena for a couple years, the Rays aren't really known for a formidable middle of the order. Am I correct in saying that? Uh, well, not. I mean, three or four guys, maybe not, but Meadows did have 40 home runs last year, or 30 home runs. Away. He just didn't have a great year this year. Um, mm-hmm. He's back now, but, but right. Meadows was, now. A star, mm-hmm. was, was a star for them in 2019. Um, you know, borderline, you know, cleanup guy, but... Uh, missed time with COVID this year, and basically they had to piece it together. Maybe having Meadows and a Rosarina in 2021 changes things, but then again, Maybe. it wouldn't shock me to see them trade Meadows or a Rosarina. Like they, they just don't <laughs> stand pat with any of their guys, and they're constantly grinding the roster and moving things around. So I'm not really sure if, if that's going to be the case with them moving forward. But uh, Brandon Lau was another one who had a fantastic year. He's had a horrible postseason, but he had a fantastic year as well. He's another one that could hit 25, 30 home runs in a, in a regular season. But they platoon a lot. They move guys around a lot. You don't know that you can count on guys being in the lineup every day because they'll grind it. Uh, but as far as Tampa Bay is concerned, uh, look, going up 1-0 in a series like this is huge. They go up 2-0. I don't think Houston's coming back to win, so Houston probably has to win today. And then they got to run into the potential in the National League, whether it's the Dodgers or the Braves, and that series will start tonight as well. All right, coming up next, it's time for us to get into our game capsules from Sunday. We'll start off with the biggest upset of the weekend as the Las Vegas Raiders. What did they do to the Kansas City Chiefs to come out on top? We'll tell you next here on Fantasy Sports Today after the update. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking? and want to know how to make it your career. Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. This is SportsGrid. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia. If you took the Las Vegas Raiders on the money line, you hit the biggest number of the season in wagering as the Raiders were almost two touchdown underdogs going into Kansas City, of course, in the Super Contest. We picked the wrong underdog, went with the Cincinnati Bengals. They had no shot whatsoever. Should have went with the Raiders there, but who knew? Taking 12 points in a football game, you feel like you got a good chance to cover. In this case, not only did the Raiders cover, but they shockingly won the game outright. So let's take a look at what the Raiders did well and what they did to the Kansas City Chiefs. Reminded me a little bit of midseason last year where the Chiefs' defense sort of fell apart. It's the first Mm -hmm. time that they've shown any cracks in their defense with Carr throwing for 347 yards against them. They got up to a huge lead in this one with three touchdowns. He also threw one pick. But uh, Jacobs was basically grinding it out, 23 carries, 77 yards, two receptions for eight yards. Henry Ruggs did what I saw him do at Alabama, and when I was watching the game, he caught a ball and just separated and went the distance. He's not getting a lot of looks, but he's making the most of them. Two receptions, 118 yards, and a touchdown. And Darren Waller had five receptions for uh, 48 yards and a touchdown as well. Taking a look at what the Chiefs did, the Chiefs came all the way back, almost got in a position where they would have been able to tie it, but the Raiders clamped down late. Mahomes threw for 340 yards. Almost all of this was in the fourth quarter. 21 rushing Mm -hmm. yards, three touchdowns, one reception. He rushed for a touchdown. Fantasy numbers were great, but this was not the best Mahomes Mahomes game that I've seen. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 10 carries, 40 yards rushing. Also three receptions for 40 yards receiving, as he's faded a little bit. Tyreek Hill, three receptions, 78 yards and also three carries for 15 yards. He added a touchdown, and then Travis Kelsey had one of those fourth-quarter touchdowns. He was wide open. The Raiders left him open late in the game. I don't know why, but eight receptions, 108 yards there. So uh, I guess, Joe, the way to beat the Chiefs is you got to outscore them, and there's really no other way around Mm -hmm. it, and they did storm back late to make a game of this. But this was a very definitive win for the Raiders. Start to finish, they were the better team on the field for this day. I guess you got to kind of wonder from two aspects, a fantasy perspective, if they're able to keep this going, get rugs more involved, because that would be huge for them. And then from a reality perspective, if the Raiders can build on this, because we've seen this from the Raiders before, they get these wins where you don't expect, and then they sort of regress to the mean a little bit. So we'll just have to see moving forward. But this was the biggest upset of the season, without a doubt. Yeah, and the biggest surprise, too, because Derek Carr throwing the ball downfield is not something we've seen a whole lot of. This is the reason they drafted Henry Ruggs. They wanted to throw the ball downfield, and Ruggs really hasn't been all that healthy throughout this season. But by goodness, he was healthy on on Sunday, and it showed. I mean, those two, you know, 
It wasn't a lot of catches, but it was the size of the catches. It was that explosiveness. This is the thing that the Raiders offense really lacked last year, and this is kind of their Achilles heel because all they had last year was running the football with Jacobs and then that you know that intermediate passing game with Darren Waller, which is still great. Darren Waller is still leading all tight ends and receptions, if you can believe it. Uh, but still, it's that other piece of the offense that's been lacking. And, and Derek Carr hasn't always been confident to throw the ball downfield in his career. This was the most in recent memory I've seen him attack downfield the way he did and have the kind of success he did. And you're right. The way you beat the Chiefs is to absolutely outscore them. And I think the Chiefs defense weren't prepared for Derek Carr to do this. This was not the Derek Carr that they prepared for. I think it caught him off guard. And by the time they made adjustments, Basically, it was too late. And then Mahomes, you know, did throw an interception there in the fourth quarter. That kind of did stall a drive. They did come back and score again after that. But that's what's really difficult is, you know, you you can't always put everything on Superman. Sometimes Superman is going to be Clark Kent. And Mahomes was still very good in this game. But there was one or two mistakes, one or two things that did not go their way. And it just was not enough time and not enough points for them to come away with a victory. But regardless, I mean, when you are such a favorite like that to lose at home, this was shocking. And and maybe, Craig, maybe it was a bit of a letdown game. Do you think that was it, too? They've had some big games here in a row, Baltimore, New England, all these big-time matchups. Do you think maybe they just didn't take the Raiders as seriously as they should have? Yeah, I mean, you, you don't know going into a week, but I think that they should have still won the game. Maybe not covering is one thing, but they, they are a lot more talented than the Raiders on both sides of it. But again, going back to the Raiders last year, you look at their schedule, you look at their wins, you go, wow, they really won that game. And then, of course, they come back to earth. But maybe this is the beginning of something for them. I wouldn't count on it. But my guess is, is that the Chiefs rebound but again they went through five or six games last year they couldn't stop anybody and then all of a sudden the defense got better on their way to the Super Bowl so we'll see which Chiefs defense shows up I think that's the most important point going forward because if they can't play D I gotta recognize that on the other side of the football in fantasy all right uh over to uh, the Rams and the Rams come up with another win this week pretty easy easy win from start to finish Jared Goff throws for 309 passing yards, three touchdowns, and he rushed for a touchdown. He's been fantastic this year, really coming back to what he was from two years ago. The running game for the Rams, they used Henderson. They also used Akers quite a bit, a little bit of Brown, but Henderson was the beneficiary of the touchdowns in this one, so we'll see what they do moving forward. Robert Woods had a long touchdown reception, four receptions, 71 yards, and a score. Cooper Cup had 11, 12 fantasy points in 2019. That would be great, but 2020, the numbers aren't really as good. And then Gerald Everett got involved. Don't see that very often. Four receptions, mm -hmm. 90 yards, and a touchdown there. Now, on the Washington side of the field, before the game, we found out that Dwayne Haskins was ill. It wasn't going to be part of the game plan at all. And so that was good news for Alex Smith because Kyle Allen, uh, who looked pretty good early on in the game, was, was keeping mm -hmm. them alive at least, rushed for a touchdown, threw for 74 yards, and then he got hurt. So Alex Smith came in, and, uh, and it's a great story, but unfortunately Alex Smith didn't look good at all. Only threw for 37 yards. And then the offense was just a disaster. Uh, McKissick had a touchdown. Gibson didn't look good at all. Uh, McLaurin had his worst game of the year as well. So, uh, look, this was just a really simple open and shut case. Rams go to Washington, blow the doors off, and, uh, and Washington's a team to fade moving forward. Yeah.
Yeah, well, it's hard for Alex Smith to be any good where Aaron Donald's on top of you. And I mean literally on top of you. There's a moment in that game where he is holding Aaron Donald is on top of him trying to get him down. So obviously the leg looks pretty good if you can hold up Aaron Donald for any amount of time. But he got sacked half a dozen times, so it's a tough return from him. But a great moment, no doubt about that. A feel-good moment uh, for Alex Smith to just get back on a football field in real NFL action was tremendous. The Rams needed this game, and they needed a good win because I was hammering them last week about being inconsistent, and they were. They were inconsistent game to game, quarter to quarter. And it feels like the best version of the Rams is when Daryl Henderson is effective because the best I've seen this offense look was in this game. And then the second half against the Buffalo Bills a few weeks ago in that game where they came back and scored all those points. And why? Because Daryl Henderson was touching the football. So there is going to continue to be that committee. It's going to be tricky, but I will say this. I do think Daryl Henderson is the best guy in fantasy to own in that backfield. If I had to pick one of the three, if I had a bunch of them, that would be the guy that I would try to start. So far, all the numbers seem to like him the best. And also, Robert Woods with the touchdown, too. We talked earlier in the week, this past week, about yards after catch. He was the leader in the NFL, and guess what? That touchdown he scored, caught the ball, it was a short pass. The rest was all Robert Woods, and that's the difference. That's why you love those guys with big yak numbers, because what they do is they allow you to basically get more points than you deserve sometimes because they create that separation from the tacklers and the secondary. So great job there by Robert Woods. Great win by the Rams. And and uh, how much money did you lose on Washington this past week? Oh, I lost money on Washington. Yeah, I had them in a little parlay. I had uh, Carolina one. Uh, they uh, lost. They did not cover, I should say. And uh, I, I lost the third part of that was, guess what? The Kansas City Chiefs just winning. They just needed to win. That's it. I thought the Kansas City Chiefs were, were possible to win, but it was not a good wagering week for either of us, I think we could uh, comfortably say. <laughs> I had a very good week, actually. So. Oh, you did? Oh, I thought you were upset about the Cincinnati Bengals not covering. Yeah, but but you know what? I got I to gotta call my L's out, you know? If you don't want to call your L's out, I got to give you your L's on Washington there. Oh, I heard I, too I, much I, about oh, that last week, though. Absolutely, absolutely. By the way, how much yeah. pain is it that we're going to have to talk about this uh, Atlanta game and you're going to have to talk about God, Todd Gurley's game again? That's going to be tough for you. I'm, I'm here to support no, you. If we have to. No, see, I, I'm very willing to, to take the L's. We got to hand you. Oh, yours. I take the L's. So hey, go. dude, I just took the L's. Washington, man. They they did not show. Well, up. I just handed Look, it to you. I, I handed dude, it to you. Handed you had to hear me, about that all last I, week on the I show. I embraced it. Take Washington. I take Washington. Take Washington. Yeah. Well, take it out. Part of, but, and why? Why there did I say Washington? Because who was playing quarterback? I thought Kyle Allen would keep it close. And it was relatively close when he was in. He came out. L is an L. When it you is, go to the man. window and you when you go to the window you with your Washington your ticket, when you when you go to the w- the window with your Washington ticket, Joe, and you say uh-huh. that I thought Kyle Allen was going to be healthy, you know what they do? They yeah. tear the ticket up and they laugh. They do. They laugh. Houston and they Texans, right in my Jacksonville Jaguars. So this was a win in the Super Contest because the coach gets fired, and for some reason the teams show up the next week. I don't know why. So I'll be back on Atlanta this week, unfortunately, even after taking an L this past week. Deshaun Watson, 25 of 35. He was the top passer basically yesterday in fantasy. You know, actually, the two picks, if you play in a league where where you lose points for picks, then maybe not. But I thought he was pretty good yesterday. Uh, David Johnson, 17 carries, 96 yards. That was surprising. Two receptions, seven yards for him. Uh, Cooks had a monster game. I was watching this game start to finish. He looked awesome. Uh, eight receptions, 161 yards. As a matter of fact, someone on Jacksonville hit him head-to-head, and I was afraid he was going to mm-hmm. have a concussion. He stayed in the game and played great. 
Fuller had a touchdown as well. Uh, I used Watson and Fuller in one of the FanDuel contests. I'll, I'll wait to see if I ended up making $3 on that, but I'm curious. Uh, Cobb, <laughs> six receptions, 47 yards, and Fells had a long touchdown early in the first half there. Uh, moving over to Jacksonville, they actually deserved a better fate. I'm not. I'm lucky that Houston won because they missed two field goals. Houchka will be gone this week. There's no chance he'll be kicking for them again. Minshew threw for 305 yards and two touchdowns. James Robinson, this was the first game that it looked like a team had a game plan against him. And the checkdowns, the, the Jacksonville's going to have to start throwing deep. Uh, although their top guy's out again, uh, Chark got yeah. hurt again. Uh, Chenault, second reception, 79 yards. Cole, two for 25. And some guy named Colin Johnson had a touchdown uh, in this game. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm going to probably go back to Jacksonville a little bit after this one because they missed those field goals, Joe. Bad, that's bad luck. Well, one thing for here uh, for me on this game, uh, Brandon Cooks had more yards in this game than he's had all season. So see if that is a change going forward in the Texans' offense. And so it's a really good one for your fantasy shares. Steelers and Eagles coming up next. Lots of points, lots of fantasy. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy sports today here on SportsGrid. Lots of points to go over between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia in the Battle of Pennsylvania. And certainly the Steelers looked like the right pick early on in this game. So I was feeling really good about that. But to be honest, that minus seven was a really lucky cover in the end, thanks to Chase Claypool, who was uncoverable against the Eagles all day long. Let's take a look at the Steelers. And their top performers in fantasy, Big Ben threw for 239 passing yards and three touchdowns. James Conner getting the lion's share of the rushing again, although Snell did get involved a little bit. 15 carries, 44 rushing yards, three receptions, 19 yards, and a touchdown. Claypool's numbers are going to be one for the history books from a rookie. Seven for 110 in the air, also a rushing touchdown. As we mentioned, four touchdowns, the final one covered by a linebacker, walked into the end zone. Ray Ray McLeod involved in the offense now, and uh, crazy to not see Juju on this list. And Juju didn't have a big game, and Deontay Johnson at this point has been uh, a non-factor completely for them. Two carries, 66 rushing yards for Ray Ray McLeod. Uh, Eric Ebron, five receptions, 43 yards, also fumbled once, almost fumbled twice. And so Ebron has looked shaky as well. Maybe Claypool is the answer for them. Now, on the side of the Philadelphia Eagles, a pretty good receiving day and passing day. And just maybe they have found their receiver here. Carson Wentz, 258, two touchdowns, two picks. Sanders, if you're playing in leagues where you get points when a guy rushes for a 50-yard touchdown, this is the guy to own for sure. 11 carries, <laughs> 80 rush yards, uh, two receptions, 19 receiving yards, two touchdowns for him. But Travis Fulgham was the big beneficiary yesterday from Wentz, 10 receptions, 152 in the air and a touchdown. So he'll be a hot pickup for sure in fantasy this week. And then Greg Ward always seems to be involved in the offense to a degree, four receptions, 26 yards uh, there. And so, look, just like a lot of games in the NFL this season, Joe, just no one's playing defense, essentially. I mean, that's the bottom mm-hmm. line. I mean, you'll get a good game every once in a while from a team. But over the course of the whole season, this is the least defense we've ever seen in a fantasy year. And, and look, it, it looks like Indianapolis' defense 
is good, but even they can go to Cleveland and get pounded. And Pittsburgh yesterday, they look good for a while, and then they're giving up all kinds of uh, all kinds of numbers. And so, mm-hmm. I think for me, as as opposed to just looking at the Steelers and Eagles. My biggest takeaway, and we, we just talked about it earlier in the show, like when I see Cooper Cup, six receptions, 80 yards in a normal week, I'd say, wow, 14 fantasy points. Like that's nothing anymore. Like you really <laughs> have to, you have to get 20 points from your guys to win in fantasy. Now scoring overall this week in particular was down, but again, you had so many players not playing because of the bye weeks and everything else that it all it canceled itself out. Uh, but that's, that's my, uh, my takeaway thus far is that, Fantasy defenses, you're just basically looking for pick sixes and returns for touchdowns because no one's stopping anybody. No, I think that statement about the defense is accurate. I'll still take my 12 points from Cooper Cup and be happy, though, because at least he's on the field. Uh, I think when you're taking all these massive players out of the fantasy pool, whether it be CMC or Saquon or Michael Thomas, now Dak Prescott, I mean, we keep going on and on and on. Dalvin Cook got hurt. He's going for an MRI today. So, I mean, the the attrition of the very top guys, I think what's happening is you're getting a lot of scoring that's happening from players who – you're not prepared for. You're getting Dearness Johnson show up and get points because Chubb gets hurt. You're heading all of a sudden Travis Fulgham, who guy who, you know, maybe you could have had him for free. He's probably still out there in the waiver wire after last week. You're getting Nelson Aguilar scoring touchdowns. You're getting Chase Claypool, who a couple weeks ago had a decent game. And it's frustrating because Deontay uh, Johnson had, you know, some really good weeks here in the beginning, but the concussion two weeks ago, got out of protocol, got the bye week, and now came back. And then leaves the game with a back injury. So and that was early in this game, too. And Claypool was the huge beneficiary of those targets. And the guy made the most of them. So going forward, you have to think that Claypool is going to continue to get those opportunities because he performed with them. And, and that's the thing. You're looking at names that you had no idea. They weren't on anybody's radar. They were down on depth charts or even not on teams. And look, I mean, Ray Ray McLeod, for God's sakes. I mean, can we just pause and just bask in the glory of the name Ray Ray McLeod helping out a fantasy team? Of course he didn't. But it was fun to watch. And I'll say this, too, about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think their defense is still better than most. So if you own them, I think you're still pretty, you know, if you're feeling good. They're going to get sacks. They're going to create turnovers. They're going to do that constantly. So uh, then the last big takeaway, too, is Miles Sanders looked great in this game. This was a tough matchup for him. So I think any concerns about Miles Sanders, where you thought the Eagles might be with him, I think they all just went away after yesterday. That was a great performance by Sanders. Yeah, it definitely looked good, and, and unfortunately for the Eagles, they're headed in the wrong direction again, but from a fantasy perspective, they're treating you just fine. Probably have to figure out the wide receiver position, but uh, well, maybe Fulgham is the answer there. Uh, okay, now on to Atlanta, where the Carolina Panthers win yet again, and they're one of the big stories of the season thus far. Teddy Bridgewater threw for 313 passing yards, but look at those completions, 27 for 37. They've made Teddy Bridgewater into a star. Joe Brady, another great job, another team. Mike Davis, 16 carries, 89 yards, nine receptions, 60 yards. Fantasy star Mike Davis in 2020. Curtis Samuel, five receptions, 36 yards, four carries, 28 rushing yards for him. Robbie Anderson continues to climb up the receiving charts this year, eight receptions, 112 for him. And DJ Moore, four receptions, 93 yards, and a touchdown continues to have good games. Teddy Bridgewater has been fantastic, and so have the Panthers. On the side of the Falcons, not a lot to like here. Matt Ryan didn't play well, 21 of 37, 226 passing yards, and he got the rushing yards. Todd Gurley came through in a big way, 14 carries, 121 uh, yards, a 35-yard touchdown, four receptions for him as well, his best game in a long time. And Calvin Ridley without any help because Julio Jones didn't play in this one. And Gage didn't do anything in this one. Eight receptions, 136 yards, 
for Calvin Ridley. So we'll have to see what happens with Atlanta as they move forward. But I think the bigger story here, Joe, for sure, is the Carolina Panthers, who most people felt and used the word tanking to start the season. Well, not Mm -hmm. only are they not tanking, but they have a really good chance to make the playoffs at this point. They are playing great on offense. Their defense is definitely better. And 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 their their schedule is relatively easy because they finished in last place last year, so the beneficiary of that, and they're taking advantage of those games. And uh, this was a game that Atlanta hung around in for a while, but in watching it, I never really felt like the Falcons were going to win. Oh, in a couple of weeks, they also get the best fantasy player on the planet back with Christian McCaffrey, hopefully too. So all of a sudden, I mean, talk about doing what you're supposed to do and trying to win football games that are winnable for you on your schedule. The Panthers have done that. Uh, it's not surprising at all that DJ Moore had a good game. We talked about him at length on game day here on Sports Grid because of that Atlanta Falcons secondary being so bad that it's been a very frustrating day. And if you wanted to get a little bit of roster differential, then fade away from Robbie Anderson a little bit and try maybe a DJ Moore share or two if you're doing multi-entry. And if you did, then it worked out because you were able to get a little strange there responsibly. And that all certainly came to fruition. Mike Davis having a good game. That's not a big surprise either. This guy was absolutely uh, in line for a good game. The one thing the Falcons continuously struggle against are running backs who catch the ball out of the backfield. Guess what? Mike Davis had nine receptions in this game. It's something they've struggled with for years. Just go back to the Super Bowl tape and look at James White running amok on them. It is not new. It is not different. It is the same old Falcons. And now they're going to have a different coach. It's going to be uh, Raheem Morris going forward. So we'll see. Maybe they do run the football a little bit more, Todd Gurley. Maybe they try to control the ball a little bit more because – Right now, looking at that defense, there's no real fix for this defense at any time soon. So it's a personnel issue. It's a scheme issue. It's all the issues. So the only thing you can do is try to run the football, contain the, the, the control the clock a little bit more, and maybe just maybe not put them in as many spots as you want to put them in bad spots. But I don't know, Craig. I don't know if there is anything the Falcons can do except turn the page. Calvin Ridley was great in this game. But yet again, if Julio is hurt, you know, how good can this offense really be going forward? I don't know. So it's really frustrating for Atlanta Falcons fans. Everything's been disappointing since that Super Bowl loss. And it just seems like the wheels have really finally come off here. And maybe this is the beginning of things getting back on track. But, man, it has been an absolute slog for them in 2020. Yeah, and, and look, uh, usually when the coach, a new coach comes in, the team plays well for them. We saw that with Houston last week. I think mm-hmm. Atlanta's going to play better moving forward, but I'll be I'll be in on them. this, Even though I lost with them last week, I'll be in on them again this week for sure, just blindly going with them. Okay, now this game was the worst one. This was the worst <laughs> game I saw on Sunday. It was just disgusting. The Ravens just smashed Cincinnati. It was not close ever. You never felt like Cincinnati had a chance. Uh, Lamar Jackson didn't really need to do anything in this game. They give Cincinnati every opportunity to stay in this game, and they just couldn't do it. And there was really nothing great offensively about the Ravens. It was just all their defense sacking and picking off Burrow mm-hmm. all day long. You know, yeah. Actually, that is a good defense. That's one defense where mm-hmm. you can count on pretty much every Yeah, week. but look, hold on a second. But they got lit up two weeks ago by Kansas City. So, yeah, I mean, they good did. Defenses, Maybe it's good defenses have City these bad moments. Yeah. You know, I, I but, think that's but, the thing. Kansas City's going to have a bad moment. Pittsburgh might have a bad moment. Baltimore might have a bad moment. But overall, those are still three of the better defenses in fantasy going forward, regardless of the high totals. Uh, Ingram really didn't do much at all again. I'm going to have to bench him now. Marquise Brown, six receptions, 77 yards, added a touchdown, and Andrews had a touchdown as well. And it was, again, one of these games, open and shut case. Very early on, you knew that the Bengals had no shot. This was the worst Burrow looked thus far, yeah. and it really threw some 
really bad passes. cold water i don't know what oh. he was doing <laughs> it made no sense uh, mixon couldn't do anything and and t higgins was basically their main receiver tyler boyd had four receptions for 42 yards and then aj green left the game hurt again i think that's probably the end for for aj green in cincinnati mm-hmm. uh but look the ravens just did exactly what they were supposed to do they were huge favorites i thought cincinnati because of what i saw offensively joe were going to be able to at least do a little damage against Baltimore. And then late in the game, they kick a field goal to not get shut out. I don't know what that was about, but that that's the problem with Baltimore is that games, usually games that they blow teams out in. And if you go back to looking at last year, they still got their fantasy points, but I suppose you're okay with what Lamar Jackson did, but that's not a big fantasy week for him. And Ingram did nothing as well. So satisfaction on the side of betters who took Baltimore, but for fantasy, ah, not great. No, it wasn't. I, I think what you're saying is true, though. You know, Lamar Jackson was dealing with a knee injury all week, and I know they said, oh, he's fine. Everything's 100%. That's nonsense. No one in the NFL is 100%. So I think from the Baltimore standpoint, it was let's just do enough to win this football game. We had it in hand. The defense had a great game plan. They put a ton of pressure on Burrow. They also gave him some really different looks, things he had not seen before. And they talked about on the broadcast, too, some different looks and things like that. Sometimes in coverages can really throw a a rookie quarterback, even a really good one like Joe Burrow. So, yeah, this threw a little bit of cold water on the Joe Burrow fire. And he had been fired. I mean, three straight games with 300 yards for a rookie. You don't see that every day. But I'm still very encouraged by the Joe Burrow and what I've seen uh, this far of him. Baltimore is going to be tough for him. Pittsburgh's going to be tough for him. But look, this is part of the learning curve for the Bengals and for Joe Burrow. And I think that as he continues to grow as a quarterback, he'll start to identify these things better and react to them better. It's very different when you're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars than you're playing the Baltimore Ravens. And that's something you understand. And you start to look over there. And hey, look, Patrick Queen gave him fits too, his old teammate. There were a couple moments in that game too where Patrick Queen was all up over him. And uh, I think if you're the Bengals, you just go back to the drawing board. You say, hey, bad week. Let's fix it. And if you're Baltimore, I think you're encouraged by how the defense did play. This was a game they should have dominated on the defensive end of the football. Take a little pressure off the offense. They did. That's a good sign going forward. And I think as Baltimore continues on this season, that that loss, that terrible home loss to Kansas City will get further and further in their rear view. But in a way, I'm starting to believe that that loss was the best thing to happen to them because I feel like it was a little bit of a wake-up call again for them. And they have to understand that everybody's gunning for them now. They are the Baltimore Ravens. They are a top team in the NFL. Everybody's going to get up to play you, so you better get up too, and you better start showing up for these big games. So I hope they use that as a motivator there, and they're going to continue to show up and play the way they did this Sunday. Yes, it's a good opponent for them, but still, Baltimore did what they had to do, not any more, but not any less either. Coming up next, it's time for us to take a look at the first game in sports happening on this afternoon here on Monday. It's the 4.07 Eastern start between the Astros and Rays. That's right, American League Championship Series played in the afternoon this year. We'll have that for you coming up right here on Fantasy Sports. Stay tuned. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Coming up at 4.07 Eastern Time, it will be Game 2 of the American League Championship Series. Let's give you a quick preview of the game. Rays are a pretty, 
I would say, significant favorite here for an ALCS game. Yeah. Minus 136 as Charlie Morton will take the mound. It was just recently announced against Lance McCullers Jr. of the Houston Astros. Of course, the Rays end up beating the Astros in game one yesterday thanks to some timely hitting. And, of course, their bullpen, their manager, Kevin Cash, after the game, Talked about that great bullpen of Thompson and Curtis and guys that no one have ever heard of just simply getting it done. Well, we're, we're, we're here because of all that depth. And, you know, Ryan Thompson, what he does, coming in, throwing strikes, putting balls on the ground. Uh, Curtis, I mean, the guy's completely evolved this season. You know, watching the, you know, I think he recognized what he needed to do different. And it was basically get the ball in the zone and trust that the defense can play. Uh, the stuff's been there for him for probably many years, but to finally get that trust of I can pitch at this level by getting strike one, strike two. Uh, and, you know, his, his numbers this year speak for themselves. And, and, Joe, I remember being at a game between Miami and Tampa Bay and this guy John Curtis warming up. I'm like, who in the world is this guy? Who is this guy Thompson? Who is this guy Fairbanks? I mean, John Curtis was was basically given away by three different teams, ends up with Tampa Bay this year. ERA under two was closing games for them at the end of the year. It's just it's crazy the amount of guys that they find that are viable for them. Yeah, I mean, credit not just the scouting people, too, but also the people who are, you know, the pitching coaches in this system, too, who are able to get the most out of these guys. And I'm not surprised by this line, too, because if you look uh, at the splits between McCullers, when he is in Houston, he pitched very well this year. ERA under three. Outside of Houston, ERA in the double digits. So I'm not surprised by this line, despite some of the injuries and inconsistencies of Charlie Morton this year. I mean, I think the 136 is kind of warranted, to tell you the truth. And it'll be a fascinating game. And like you said, a very important one for the Houston Astros today. All right, coming up next, we all are going to recap our top stories in fantasy. Of course, we got Monday Night Football to preview tonight. Also, the National League Championship Series begins. And a surprising move in baseball. One of the better teams ends up parting ways with their manager. We'll tell you who next. Stay tuned here. It's Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360. 